Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. And we're back! Uh, this this is like official now, guys, right? Like, we've, mm-hmm. we've officially made, we're making a podcast now. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So, uh, really excited to be back with a, what hopefully will be a really fun episode. This one, this one is for you DMs out there. Um, so you should know the score by now. We have our wonderful Wonder Woman. Luando, Nati Lewis Nyao, but everybody calls me Unati. Yoo-hoo! And of course, who could forget the ghost-wise killer himself? Jeremy Cobb, but everybody calls me Jeremy. <laughs> uh, and I will be your mysterious master of ceremonies, Jasper William Cartwright. And this is Three Black Halflings. You will come to terms with your own weakness. Full Prince vibe? Like a beautiful place. Focus on your task. Yeah, yeah. You think this is just a game? There is no boat. The boat is hypothetical. (laughs) Suffer and learn. We're about to get into something real big now. Yeah. We're going to need some bespoke music to go in there. We need a full theme song for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We absolutely do. We absolutely do. If you're... uh, if if any if there's any black musicians listen to this, let, mm-hmm. DM us. Slide into our DMs. And if you and if you DM, then could you DM for us as well? Uh, hello everyone. <laughs> Welcome back to uh, Three Black Halflings. Um, this week we're going to talk all things DMing. Uh, and Woo. in the spirit of the pod, I thought we would discuss outside influences uh, on our games and the weirdest places that you've ever got inspiration from. Uh, I'm happy to kick this one off if you want, or oh. if any of you guys have got one that you're yeah. burning to share. Oh, go for it. Uh, so I recently, uh, during lockdown, which we're still in, um, uh, as we are in, what, July? Of, are we in July? June? I don't know where we are. Uh, I recently... June still. June still, yeah, jeez. Yeah. Uh, uh, binge watched uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh, my girlfriend is a Woo-hoo! massive it's Buffy the Vampire Slayer fan. Favorite shows, I love it so much. Ah, uh, amazing, Nancy. Yeah, so I'm now like, mm-hmm. I'm also now number one fan of uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. We're watching it. Um, I was sitting there like, okay, cool. Kind of wanna. I'm like, I was doing a bit of planning in my head whilst I was watching the show. And I was like, I want to do a bit of. I don't want to do a, uh, get a bad guy going in this campaign. So, huh. Spike's kind of cool. So Spike <laughs> was just in my campaign. <laughs> Jeremy doesn't even know this, but uh, but Jeremy fought Spike and no one picked up on it. No one picked up on it. I literally <laughs> said, I was like, I was like, and rises out of the coffin. You see this leather clad, tall, sort of white guy with gaunt features, sharp features, with the peroxide slick back hair. And he's like, oh, what are you? And literally no one picked up on it. Literally no one picked up on it. I, I have a confession to make. I've only seen one episode of Buffy the <gasps> Slayer. The only one I've seen was Once More with Feeling, Ooh, and I yeah. watched it because 
because it had always been on lists. Yeah. It was back it during it was around the time of Community season two right. when sure. that show was churning out a bunch of like episodes that were were kind of like unprecedented for like a sitcom sure. to have done at that time. And I was looking at lists of supposed all time greatest mm-hmm. TV episodes, and that kept popping up. And I was like, okay, okay, I'm gonna have to watch this. And it was a very good episode. of television. It is a fantastic episode of television. Um, I yeah. I loved once more the feeling. Uh, my so girlfriend good. had hyped it up so much, and it was it delivered everything. Uh, that I wanted but yeah so Spike was just fully in my campaign Um, (laughs) uh, and I feel like I do this all the time where I'll be watching something and literally like an hour before my session I'll be watching something and go yeah okay there's a werewolf in there now or yeah I'm gonna put that in there or like or I'll read a bit of a book and go Oh, that's kind of like a cool twist. I'm stealing that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I was, yeah. What what is what are some of the fun places that you guys have got inspiration uh, from? Um, yeah, I guess um, it's a weird sort of dark one. Bear with me. But I got inspiration from <laughs> um, dog fighting rings. Oh wow! Illegal dog fighting because um, I don't know. I don't know how I'd fallen down this YouTube hole and found myself <laughs> here. I don't know because like I have one hell of a YouTube hole. Yeah, I, I was doing some re. I was doing some research and I found my and, and I found myself not necessarily watching videos of dogs fighting, but more watching videos of people busting dog fighting rings. Um, and it occurred to mm. me that I was running this sort of one shot adventure with one of my parties where they were fighting um, twig blights and needle blights. And for the, for much of the mm-hmm. much of the game when I was playing them, I was kind of playing them as um, uh, almost virtually inanimate. You know what I mean? Just they were just creatures with no living being or soul. And mm. then and so that kind of made it quite easy for my party to feel like, oh, we can just smite these things, and that's fine. Mm. Um, but then I sort of played a twist on them. I had um, four twig blights three needle blights and the needle blights kind of appear to be slightly more humanoid um and i sort of treated them like like suffering um dogs inside dog fighting rings so they were fighting and oh, wow. control being controlled by the the, the gulthias tree and the druid and the evil druid who controls them um Ooh. but as they died they all have these really sort of painful um murmured dying animal deaths and actually, like Ooh. after afterwards, my party like were like, actually, we don't want to keep going. Like that was rough. And I was like, okay. ah. <laughs> <laughs> like yes. Oh man! I, even, honestly... even I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to do that. There were tears. The bard sang a song to like to like send the spirits of whatever these creatures were up back up to wherever they belong. Wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> Unati runs the most brutal games. This is, this, honestly, just for the people Can you... people at home, Unati is a lovely, lovely person. <laughs> I have never had any, But, man, I don't want you to think that she's horrible. She's, really <laughs> she's lovely. Unati, I would, I would really like to hear some of the noises these animals were oh, making. Um, so I would, describe, I would describe them kind of like falling, like... Um, um, to, well, to help my party get into it, I was like, um, uh, consider um, an elephant dying in a in a in a in a gladiator <laughs> ring, like falling, like expiring, heavy breathing, <sighs> with a dark whimper in their eye. Their eyes look yeah. up at you and somehow seem to tear up, even though they're not. There's no way that they really could, but they look deep inside of you, and you finally see a soul. What do you do with your blade that is above its neck? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's great. That's wow. great. I love that. Wow. <laughs> I, I love There's that. like this ruthless character who just like, well, I stab. I just I keep stabbing. Yeah, I just keep going <laughs> I, I until I know it's I, dead. Yeah. Uh, 
I keep stabbing and I smear the tears on my cheeks as war pain. <laughs> this, Just like this brutal, This is the way. Like, um, <laughs> yeah. Man, that, I, I really feel like, you know, I, I, like, I enjoy playing a slightly more like morally ambiguous or slightly evil character from time to time, but I think that would test me to my absolute limits. Yeah. That would be tough. <laughs> I'm like, I know I gotta do it, but I don't wanna. I don't wanna smear the tears on my face. <laughs> Please don't make me do it. Um, yeah, yeah, that's, that's awesome. Um, that's that is phenomenal. Wow, what a. Uh, Oh, that sounds. I'm, I'm getting, <laughs> I'm getting chills, and it's hot in here. <laughs> that's um, yeah. That's yeah. That's how I tend to roll. Um, moral quandary. <laughs> yeah, moral quandary. Moral quandary. Um, what we were talking about in the last episode. Uh, yeah, Jeremy, what, do you have any? Do you have any fun inspirations to share with the? Um. Yeah. For me, I think most of the time when I'm DMing, I don't usually have a conscious inspiration for any of the things that I'm doing. The one example that I do remember of a, D of a, of a DM thing that I based loosely on something else was there was, uh, the, there was uh, one of the players had a brother who was coming to, uh, to hunt her down. Mm. Um, and he, I think I mentioned it in the first episode, he was kitted out with all this great stuff. He had, like, the um, the wings of flying, oh, which is yeah. like a cape that turns into wings and you can fly. He had a flaming sword. He had, I forget, the sentinel shield has, like, an eye on it. He has elven chain mail, the cubic gate. He also had a bottle of, he had a potion of... Um, of uh, storm giant strength, Ooh. so his his strength could jump up to like twenty nine. Uh, and he just came in like whoa, and who's basically like this this like avenging angel Terminator type character, <laughs> and and so I I played um, one winged angel uh, from Final Amazing. Fantasy seven, like an orchestral version of that. Uh, there was like a thirty two minute version on that of that on loop uh, during the that's fight. Um, and I think that's the, that's the time that I specifically was like, yeah, yeah, this is, um, that's pretty cool. I think, yeah, let's, yeah, let's draw. I think that. definitely, uh, like the use of like music, like, like epic, uh, music, uh, it like very specific things. We had a, we had a funeral in one of our, one of our games the other day. And so I played some, some sort of harrowing music from Lord of the Rings, but it's just, you know, if you, if you know, it's got connotations and people are going to enjoy it, it can only enhance the experience yeah. um, for, for sure. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, I wanted to say, I, I do take inspiration from things for characters sure. that I make specifically player characters. Um, there was uh uh, one in particular, I, uh, two, actually the two most recent characters I think that I've made. Mm. Um, the first one was essentially Don Quixote, mm. except instead of being a fan of knights and chivalric stories, he was a fan of wizards and in particular Gandalf. Huh. So this dude had like delusions of essentially being a Gandalf type figure <laughs> and he called himself, uh, Vandalin the Bronze. Uh, and he had bought into, he wasn't even a wizard. He was actually a bard, but he was convinced. He was so convinced that he was a wizard. Uh, and, and he was convinced of it. He was a full Ian McKellen impression. And whenever, like everything I said, and whenever he would say his own name, he would use prestidigitation to cause an echo and then have like a fanfare. So he would say, uh, he would say something like, prepare to face the wrath of Vandalin the Bronze Bronze. <laughs> uh and that was that was he was fully like and even his backstory he had a family somewhere else who like 
we're like, no, his name isn't Vandal in the Bronze. Like he's actually a, a he's our he's our father and husband, and we want him back. Can someone please like? Can someone please get our family member back? But he's just like, uh, like he's bought, he's completely high on his own supply. <laughs> Fantastic. And just like being a, an adventurer. And then the second one was I did um, uh, Frank, basically like a Frankenstein mm. type character, but like Doctor Frankenstein. Okay. Uh, so he's like an idealist. He's a gnome who who believes that like through bio magical augmentation, like he can improve people's lives. Nice. So he got a job at a company <laughs> that he thought like you did that kind. Of, it was like the Simic Combine mm-hmm. type thing. And, but it turns out that they were just like making monsters and military experiments and doing horrible things to people. Sure. So he he and when he realized that that was what he was participating in, he released a bunch of the monsters. Huh and then just ran and he's now trying to find those monsters and try and like rehabilitate them and help them as much as possible oh that's that's Uh, that's that's a nice that's a nice moral story (laughs) i like that i was actually wondering whether we could shift from uh pcs player characters like you were just talking about uh to our favorite monsters as a dm uh, I think we've all definitely got. I, I li- like again. You guys can't see at home, but Unati is literally like doing a full kind of like uh, <laughs> rubbing her hands together at the prospect of talking about her favorite monsters uh, and what she uses to punish her players. Um, so yeah, what are your favorite monsters uh, and why, uh, Unati? I think you're going to have to go first on this one. Uh, what, um, what have you got for us? I think my favorite monster um, uh, is the Dryder. Ooh, I haven't heard of this. Um, it's um, it, it's like a spider warrior creature. It's what Lilith um, was. It's what Lilith was in Escape from oh. Keep Jasper. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, I see. And um, I love it just because it has so much inspiration from the stork in Saga. Ooh. Um. So it's just it's just one of my favorite creatures. It's got a it's got a pretty beefy armor class. Um, hit points are super high. Um, and sometimes I can just like throw two of them in there and all of my friends who are afraid of spiders just squirm and it makes me really happy and I like making the insect sounds and like (laughs) and I usually I'll usually give them like a swarm of spiders as well so like my my players will Mm. get like covered in spiders and like just especially when I want to freak out my players a little bit Um, and then obviously my second favourite are definitely still needle blights just because I just realised how versatile they are um um, and not necessarily treating them as inanimate. Those are my two favorites. <laughs> the joy, the joy in your face right now. I love it. Um, what about you, Jeremy? What's what's uh, what's your uh, advice? I'm a big fan of monsters that can hit a bunch of PCs at once, okay. uh, especially if it's like an effect. So, like uh, either if it's a banshee with the whale. Or, or a howler mm. with its howl where it can incapacitate people. Uh, brain in the jar is good for that as well. Um, I also really like, um, I like anything that can basically trick you into thinking it's something else. So I really Ooh. like mimics. I like lycanthropes. I like uh, doppelgangers, mm. any kind of shape changer uh, that, because it can introduce an element of paranoia. It's basically like The Thing. I love yeah. the movie The Thing. Sure. And the element of just, you don't know yeah. who it is. You don't or know what where they are. Yeah, yeah it yeah. can I be recently, anyone. I recently used a were-tiger for that exact reason. Uh, it was yeah. a it was a dwarf with a, who had a striped beard. Um, mm. And I kept on making references to the striped beard and there was they kept finding fur everywhere and 
Uh, but they never, you know, they never put it together. And then, yeah, it was. Uh, it's, it, yeah. I, I completely agree. It's a, it's a good one. Uh, tell us about yeah. that banshee, though. I recently used a banshee myself. It was really, really fun. But the, the, the mm. whale. Uh, talk about that. Yeah, uh, the banshees. For those of you who don't know, the banshees whale. Uh, it caught. I it. Uh, I think it's within like thirty or sixty feet. And basically, anyone within a certain range that can hear it has to make a wisdom saving throw. And if you fail, you immediately drop to zero hit points, no matter what level you're at. Yeah. Um, so it's very dangerous, especially for low level parties <laughs> with low wisdom, because mm-hmm. it can just fully party wipe in one go. I mean, it... um, and even my characters, at my PCs at level eight, I think one of them dropped. Yeah. One or two of them dropped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I had I had a scenario recently where I think this I don't think you can blame me as a DM for this scenario. Basically, my players came across this like uh, abandoned like church and graveyard. Uh, one of the players uh, saw the a ghostly visage in the window and immediately basically turned around to the group and was like, "Hey guys, should we should we mess these guys up?" And they were like, mm, "Okay." And he just fired an eldritch blast straight at this ghost. It came out, turned out it was a banshee, so the banshee used its whale effect, and there is, let me just check in my head, I think there's, there's four members of that party, three of them dropped. Three of them <sighs> failed. They, there was like a seven, an eight, and a, a nine or something. And the DC is 14, or, or 12, I think. It's not even that high, but... yeah. So three of them dropped. One was left, and he was a warlock, and he was just like, "What do I do? <laughs> I have like one healing potion, and I do not have any healing spells. Uh, the only reason they got out of it is because they rolled well on death saving throws. That's the only reason they survived. Wow. But yeah. um, again, I gave you, I gave you all the signals, guys. You shouldn't have, shouldn't have, <laughs> you should have those. listened. Um, um, I haven't used one yet, but I'm intrigued by the idea of using an invisible stalker. Ooh, Ooh yeah. What's that? I just. Um, so it's um, it's an elemental, a medium mm-hmm. elemental, um, and it's been summoned from its native plane and transformed by powerful magic, and its sole purpose is to hunt down creatures and retrieve objects for its summoner, but you don't know where it is because it's the air. What? <laughs> yeah. No, no, that's bad. I, I, that, that rem- like... I, I really like combining monsters with environments that are suited to the monster. Sure, yeah. And what I didn't realize is that any kind of like spectral creature that can pass through walls is incredibly difficult to beat in a haunted house scenario. Sure. Yeah. If you play them smart. And when, when, when my players went up against the Banshee, the Banshee had some kids that had been, one I think was a poltergeist. Um, I think the other one may have been a specter or something, but they could pass through walls. Mm. So yeah. the players were upstairs uh they can't like if they end their turn inside of an object they take a bunch of damage but it's not very hard for an invisible poltergeist to hit someone and then just drop through the floor for sure and you don't know where they are you don't know which room they could be in and every single yeah and so all of their attacks basically have advantage against the players and the players have virtually no means of fighting back uh, unless you have like say a cleric or or somebody who can try and pin down their location yeah and and even then like a lot of those spells require line of sight and all those kind of things so it's it's a it's a real sticky scenario uh, I wanted to throw out two of my favorites, uh, the cockatrice or cockatrice. Um, oh, I love this little, these little things. Uh, they are a <laughs> half, I think, a challenge rating. Like they're not uh, that powerful and they have like 20 something hit points. Um, but you, if you throw a bunch of these at your players, basically they have this ability where if they bite you, you have to do a, cons- a con save or you turn to stone for 24 hours. 
And what, and what I love about it is like, it's not a deadly thing, but it's just like, it's quite a fun thing that if you come up against a group of them and your whole party yeah. turns to stone, you can then just describe, hey, you're just stone for 24 hours. <laughs> like, there's nothing that you can yeah. do about it. So it's not game ending, it's not world ending, but they just have to sit there, stone, for 24 hours because they decided to rush some chickens. Uh, and so, <laughs> uh, yeah, and I, that happened, you did that to Gronk yeah, a lot. Yeah, literally. I used it uh, where, because one of the guys, he just decided he wanted to just walk out into the middle of like a really dangerous forest. Um, and I was like, I don't yeah. want this to be... The halfling barbarian. Yeah, I don't want this to be like dangerous or, or I don't want this to kill him, but... So, you know, uh, that was quite fun. And so he just had to stay stone for 24 hours uh, after his friends came <laughs> to rescue him. Um, and then the other one, this is probably my uh, my MVP so far. I've, I recently used this in another campaign um, as well, which is the zombie beholder, uh, or the beholder zombie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, I think the beholder is probably one of the like most quintessential like, D&D monsters, and it's fantastic mm-hmm. because it is... Mm-hmm so freaking dangerous and i just feel like there's nothing quite like a beholder to just distill fear in the hearts of your players like when they see one it yeah. is just like a it's a full nope scenario because the thing is <laughs> no matter realistically no matter how powerful you are there is a strong possibility you could die in a round like even if you are a yeah. high level mm-hmm. one yeah. of those like death rays they do like a stupid amount of damage and so what i love about mm-hmm. the zombie beholder is it just brings it down a little bit but gives it a few different toys um, okay, cool. So, like, if you wanna introduce, if you wanna, if you want them to have the cold fear of a beholder, just throw one of these. They've still got like a bunch of damage. Uh, they've still, they've got four rays instead of ten. You know, because um, <laughs> admittedly, ten is is it's a lot. Um, but you know, it still has a disintegration ray, for instance. So if you fail, you can't save, mm-hmm. and it drops you to zero points. You turn to dust. So it's still really, really dangerous. Um, And I just think that there's something quite enjoyable about, as a DM, kind of going, okay, let's see how this goes. Because we had, we played, you played the the session with the zombie beholder where, like you said in the previous Mm -hmm. session, there was a haunted village and uh, the two black members of the party was like, nope, see you later. And just like, was like, nope, we're not doing it. But, you know, the other guy suddenly wanted to go in and, and uh, and that fight, I remember being like, this is really dangerous. They probably should get out of here. Do you know what I mean? And one of them literally yeah. nearly died, uh, uh, nearly got turned into yeah. dust. Um, and this was like our second or third session, <laughs> I think. <laughs> so uh, that was fun. I was looking forward to just throwing all of the backstory that I'd worked with, with that guy to create uh, completely yeah. out of the window. <laughs> um, plus also they have uh, undead fortitude, uh, which is quite fun. So basically if they can mm, yeah. uh, have a chance to come back up to one hit point uh i did oh. that recently but also gave them legendary actions so he came up to one hit point and was just like and shot a shot a, a a beam uh straight away it was that was good fun um <laughs> so yeah there's some there's some great uh, malicious monsters uh <laughs> so many ideas there. now so many ideas <laughs> oh i can hear mm-hmm. all of our players listening to this episode and being like oh no 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 no, no. <laughs> Please, please. Yeah. Um, just, at least they're going to know to run uh, now. Yeah. That is that yeah. they are going to know to run. Um, learning, learning, teachable moments. Yeah, <laughs> teachable moments. You will know pain. Yeah. You will know pain. 
you will know defeat. <laughs> oh man, I love it. I think messing with your players, especially just giving that that moment of like, what? No. And like, I always love it as well. Like firm rule lawyers when you, like I, this is something I was actually gonna offer up to the group as a discussion point is like firm rule lawyers when you kind of do something that like shouldn't be possible within the realms of D&D. And when they're like, no, no, surely that can't happen. I'm like, yeah, it can and it does. Seeing the panic in their minds when you do something like that is really fun. We had one last night when we were playing and um, the one of the NPCs got basically like sucked underwater and everyone was like, oh, no, no, but we get this and that. And I was like, yeah, you could try, but, you know, you, th- th- this, that's what happened. Like, that's just what happened. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> sometimes, I get, like, it, sometimes it can, it doesn't necessarily frustrate me, but I just like to remind people that I am God. Yeah, literally. I decide. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know that book can be that book is great but ultimately if i say no but it's, it's a no i say no <laughs> yeah yeah um, yeah because again i and then well in the example you mentioned jasper my character got sucked into the water after yeah, the NPC. because then because yeah because then uh, dennis decided to he's like oh well i'm gonna like grab hold of him and i was like well it's gonna be a high dc he, he succeeded i was like cool you go in with him uh so <laughs> yeah which to be fair that 100%. is what i want uh, but now <laughs> But, but now Dennis, the, the, the ghost-wise killer, this is where we ended the session actually, is currently being dragged underwater without the ability to breathe underwater, I Aww. should uh, hasten mm-hmm. to add, uh, by a it's very scary-looking uh, spell-casting uh, uh, sort of sea, uh, sea witch um, and uh, one of the other one of the other friends. So we'll see, how, cool. we'll see how that plays out. Mm-hmm. I'll give you guys an in update. For a penny, in for a pound. Absolutely. I think he's... He's uh, yeah. going to get the penny, if I'm honest. <laughs> uh, I think I think Dennis is going to pound. I, I hope, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I wish I wish Dennis all the best with that. Uh, on, <laughs> on his own, uh, against Thoughts this, and prayers, thoughts uh, and prayers against for Against this, like, CR14 yes. whatever F in the monster chat. that you're up against. F yeah. in the chat, everybody. <laughs> F in the chat for Dennis Goldspring. Yeah. <laughs> prayers, yeah, prayers on the reviews for Dennis Goldspring, everyone. Um, <laughs> Sad reacts only. <laughs> um, awesome. So uh, last week I spoke about my hatred of the monk class, uh, and I was just wondering yes. if there is any mechanics, rules, or classes that drive you guys crazy oh, God, when you DM. Is, um, um, I just thought it might be an interesting. Uh, I have I have one. Um, I don't. I I re- I enjoy when my players do good stuff but i remember distinctly one instance <laughs> was whenever a ranger is on their favored terrain uh it's like well th- there's no point it, you, you can't get lost you like things can't sneak up on you this is what it, okay fine well you see this now yep. <laughs> it's like it, it's, it becomes like all of the uh, it's completely diffuses most of the situation mm. so it's uh, yeah. yeah i'm with ugh. you on that one i have a uh, a player character at the moment who has to his credit absolutely within the bounds of the rules just maxed out his perception and investigation and it just means like his passive yeah. perception is like 25 uh and it's just like yeah good yeah, old wild, wild spark. spark so it just means like this guy misses nothing this guy he sees every path through the thing and i have to really kind of like try and hide stuff and then i'm also very conscious of like not making things ridiculously hard to find just because they have him because that just feels like i'm punishing yeah. a player for being you know, like uh, ingenuitive. Yeah. So it's like it's it, it's a balance. It's a real yeah. balance. Um, 
Mm. Uh, I was actually going to throw to you, uh, Unati, because uh, I wanted to chat about models, just like uh, models, ah. uh, modules, sorry. Um, <laughs> do you know what? I'm just going to re-record that bit because I can. This HeadGum podcast is brought to you by AuraFrames. That is right. Uh, from grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, even the friends of your life, every mom loves an AuraFrame. Holy shit, even aunts? Yes, especially aunts. Oh, wow. Because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these AuraFrames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an AuraFrame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there. And you know what? You can update it with an app. So every time you take a new picture of a sweet little uh, person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. Headgum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm -hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code headgum at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Uh, I was actually going to throw to you, uh, Udassi, uh, I wanted to chat about running modules. Just like which ones... Uh, for those of you who are in the I, final edit, Jasper originally said models by uh, <laughs> mistake, and then you re-edited it. You are an agent of chaos. Modules and stuff. Uh, for those of you listening to the final edit, uh, Jeremy couldn't be with us this episode. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> something went wrong. Uh, he, had, he was really busy, so it's just me and Unati here today. <laughs> um, for those of you listening to the final edit, Jeremy is being oppressed. <laughs> Anyway, Unati, uh, what is it like running modules? What is your favorite module and why? Uh, make a recommendation for anyone out there looking for a module. Well, currently so far, my favorite module, to be fair, is um, Descent and Sadness. I mean, it oh. just is. Be um, because you, ha you get to go through the elemental planes and you get to go down into the ninth plane of hell. Oof. Um, which is really fun, which is run by Zariel, um, an ex-angel who fell when she tried to battle um, uh, uh, when she tried to battle the forces of hell previously, but then was corrupted and turned, and she is this badass, bald, gray-skinned, flying, sword-wielding banshee from hell. Um, and 
Is she on the cover? Yeah, she's she on, the on the cover. cover yeah, she's module? on the cover. Yeah, that's her. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah. Amazing. Um, so that's really that's really my favorite one, and also because I think just with the way that Baldur's Gate is structured as a city, I I grew up in Johannesburg for, for most of my sort of adult life, mm. um, and not to say that Johannesburg is a terrible city because it's not, but there's um, <laughs> there is just like that kind of sense of threat and risk everywhere all the time. Sure, you're constantly kind of on. I find that when I'm in London, my brain kind of. When I, when I have to fly back home from being in London, I have to like remind myself to put eyes in the back of my head. Mm. Um, and what I like about Baldur's Gate is that um, anything can surprise my player characters out of anywhere. I have like sure. loads of, I have, I sort of have loads of freedom, like a nice apothecary can suddenly turn around and try and, you know, harm them, you know. So it, um, anything, yeah, they could be walking down the street, engaging in some, you know, exploration of the city and I could just pounce anything on them whenever I want because it's absolutely plausible. Sure. Um, mm. um, yeah, and and also what I do enjoy about the city as well is that because it is kind of so rough and tumble, um, when my character, <laughs> when my players like fail at doing things, uh, like last week's session, I had like planned this whole dungeon and um my well the pa he, he's oh muzi he plays the paladin and <laughs> but like he's so like gung-ho like he's so like <laughs> he wants to kill everything he killed somebody that was being tortured by the bad guys oh, in the no. dungeon just because he could and i was like that guy had information muzi <laughs> <laughs> but okay and i'm like dude you're the paladin <laughs> So um, um, they decided to go back and explore another section of the dungeon that they'd explored previously and they found the tapestry and Muzi went up to it. Well, um, Ki um, King Elizabeth <laughs> went up to it and then t touched it with his hands and got um, poisoned by mold mm. and I let it poison him. Well, I mean, I gave him his saving throws, but he failed them and then they had to carry him out. <laughs> and, oh, and then I didn't have an apothecary, so I had to make one up on the fly, which is, which is something that I kind of enjoyed doing anyway. Um, sure. And mm -hmm. um, gave them a couple of magic, um, gave them a couple of healing potions because they're going to die. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Be because <laughs> Muzi is the worst healer ever. <laughs> like, ever. But um, I just, I, I like the flexibility of Baldur's Gate as nice. a module. I've been, I've, I've been, and I've been looking at some other modules as well. Um, Curse of Strahd. Um, oh yeah, but Curse I, of I, is interesting. Yeah, but I tend. I've played a little bit of that. Oh, one. oh, cool. I kind of, I kind of tend to research them as well and and get like external opinion on them just because I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna spend all of that time having to constantly rewrite something that's very badly structured. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, of course. And I and I think I think with Baldur's Gate, they they kind of have learned from some of their mistakes on other ones potentially mm. a bit more. I uh, I got to apologize to is it Muzi that you said is the plays of Paladin? Yeah. Great little uh, thing that I really enjoy doing is if I find my players veering off of their alignment like really hardcore, I just yeah. straight up make their gods like take their powers away from them or whatever. Like <laughs> I'm just like, yes. hey, if you're a Paladin who is gonna go around killing things, like your god probably ain't gonna like that because yeah. you know your god's about morality and whatever. That's why they yeah. make Paladins. So maybe he just wakes up morning one morning and he's like, right, uh, like you know, goes for a smite. Just doesn't work. Just doesn't work. So I'm sorry, Muzi. <laughs> I know you're like I'm sorry if you listen to this. Uh, yeah. Uh, that's that's such a sad con like a smite. A smite. Yeah. 
what is a paladin without, without their smites? Yes. But I think, yeah. but that like that raises one of my favorite things to do, especially is um quite a few of my players are warlocks, and I love I love messing around with like their their like abilities or their you know their relationship to their deity because it's really complicated making a pact yeah. with like a, a a fiend or a devil or whatever. That's pretty yeah. hardcore, mm. and I feel like yeah. quite often players like oh warlocks are cool. I'm just gonna be a warlock, but it's like. There's gotta nope. be some consequences to making a pact with the devil. Do you know what I mean? I've yeah. seen I've seen enough movies to tell me that's generally yeah. not a good idea. Yeah. You don't you don't do that. Like, and it's gonna. Yeah. You never go full yeah, Faustus. You can't. Yeah, yeah. You, Faustus. You, you never go full Faustus. Yeah. Never go full. Yeah. You never go full Faustus. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, amazing, uh, Jeremy. I was just gonna chuck over to you about some homebrew stuff. Uh, what is your favorite homebrew creation? Um, that you've made as we we are we love to do the homebrews. Uh, yeah. Any thoughts? Uh, one of my favorites was when I so in the 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 main campaign that I've been running for the longest. Um, they were fighting a bunch of lycanthropes, and kind of to introduce them, I wanted to have them rather than have it start with like a werewolf. I figured let's start with something different, like a were rat. And then I was looking mm-hmm. at the stat block for the were rat, and I was like, I don't know. Because uh, this doesn't seem that much like a rat to me, and I, oh. I did like a Google search because uh, I was looking for all the different things rats can do. Rats can climb. Rats can jump. You know, rats are extremely agile uh, and difficult to pin down creatures. So mm-hmm. I basically completely rehomebrewed um, a rat uh, with like a bunch of different. Uh, it could j- had a, j- a really high jump. Uh, um, could Ooh. had a climbing speed. Um, it, I think its teeth could do damage to structures and specific things, like if it gnawed at ah, stuff. So okay. this hmm. one were-rat, it didn't do a whole lot of damage to the party, but it was a nightmare to try and kill. Because it just, mm. it would kept, it was bouncing all over the trees, it dropped mm-hmm. down on people, you know, like, <laughs> chewing at their armor, biting into their necks and all that stuff. I really oh, enjoyed cute. that, but the, nice. the other thing... Very malicious. Has... Inati enjoyed that. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing, which has yet to debut fully, um, is that one of the players got a... It's what she thought was originally a wolf, like a winter wolf pup, mm-hmm. but is actually essentially the opposite of a werewolf. It's like, I call it a dvergervarger, but it's basically a, a wolf dwarf. Uh, so, like... Under a full moon, it turns into a Dwergar dwarf, and the rest of the time, it's like this winter wolf puppy. And he, so it's like it's like an actual person. It's not just like a wolf. He's a little person. So we had to like I homebrewed a whole like race thing for him because wow. wolves obviously grow up quicker than uh, humanoids. So as he grows up, like over the course of a year, his his Dwergar form also grows up into like a teenager and he can talk and all these things. So I'm very excited for him to debut. Shout out to Hades, the name of the uh, little wolf boy. I am so excited for like so uh, when uh, th- th- when and if more than four people listen to this podcast, we get some like fad art of like a, that Dwergar. Like that would be... If we could get that, like I feel like then that we've really achieved something with this podcast. That would <laughs> yes. be amazing. I want some um, Hades fan art, please. Yeah, some Hades fan art would be would be incredible. So listen, listen to us talk about fan art in episode three. <laughs> <laughs> I, one of us goes and just draws it ourselves. I'm gonna put it on the Pinterest board. <laughs> um, I'll keep putting a link, by the way, in the Pinterest board. So anyone that does want to check out some of these images that we've been looking at, uh, we're going to keep updating it and putting stuff in there. Um, yeah. 
feel free to check it out and follow the board. Uh, I think it is about time that we uh, move on to our next subject. Uh, it wouldn't be Three Black Halflings if we didn't talk about diversity, uh, which mm. we haven't so much this episode. So we're going to do a little section that we are calling The Wiz of the Rings. Yeah! Um, uh, we need an intro rings. music for this. We absolutely like, did a trap, a trap music version of the fellowship of the fellowship thing. Like, yes. That's what we need right now. of the rings is going to be a section where we are going to reimagine some of our favorite fantasy movies but with an entirely black or minority cast uh mm. and where better to start than the beginning lord of the rings fellowship of the ring is what we're going to dive into today um obviously we all know that i would be frodo jeremy would be sam and unati clearly would be cast as gladriel but we should be impartial and so, excluding <laughs> ourselves, uh, yeah. what ideas do we have? We've decided we're going to go with the Fellowship. We've got thrown in a few other characters in there as well. Um, mm. Just let's just shout out some ideas. What do we? What do we think, guys? Okay, I made a list. Ooh. Um, I had for Frodo, uh, Caleb McLaughlin from Stranger Things. Oh, okay. Uh, he's oh. about the same age as Elijah Wood was when they shot. Yeah, uh, those movies. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I would watch show. the heck out of that. That was that's really great. Yeah, uh, for Sam, I have uh, John Boyega, which uh, I think yeah. would be a different casting for him, but I think he could play the heck out of that part. Yeah, I actually had a, a little uh, little John Boyega next to next to Samwise as well. Yeah, uh, yeah, me too. Me so, too. Um, I agree. I agree there. Yeah, for for Mary, I had uh, Donald Glover. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, I couldn't think of a Pippin because uh, I just well, well obviously it has to be um, I forget his oh, name oh Danny Pudi Danny Pudi yeah well, Danny like, Pudi uh, from yeah. any community fans out there oh, uh, try that would be amazing that yeah. would be the be perfect casting for Mary and Pippin yes. for sure uh, I would just like to say for the record I believe that Danny Pudi should be in more things yes yeah. awesome I randomly um, watched Civil War Avengers uh, 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 yeah, Civil War is randomly in there um, yeah uh, almost the whole community cast because um, the Russo brothers were so involved with community that was what they did before of doing course Marvel. they did yeah yeah Oh, cool. um, yeah. Amazing. Uh, do you want to do you want to throw some out, Unati? If you've got any, yes, yes, uh, yes. Any good ones? Um, I think uh, Gandalf should obviously be Lawrence Fishburne. Oh, could Ooh. you imagine? That would get me. I get forgot me about Lawrence. How could he you forget be, about I had, Lawrence? I honestly, I had Morgan Freeman, but I go Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah, Lawrence. I, Lawrence, I love me some Morgan Freeman, but I think Fishburne. Lawrence Fishburne. That's yeah. canon now. Lawrence Fishburne as Gandalf. <laughs> yes, I mean, like Morgan. I mean, I was also toying with Morgan Freeman, but I was like, you know, but you know what? Who would bring a little bit of spice? Yeah. Lawrence yeah. Fishburne. Do not Lawrence take Fishburne. me as a conjurer of cheap pills. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was thinking um. for um, Mary. Um, yeah. No, no, no. Actually, my thought for for Sam was um, Lakeith Stanfield. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see that. I could totally see that. That's nice. Yeah, he would do it. I think he would do a really good job. It's. I mean, it would be. Again, it's not necessarily his casting, but um, I think he would do an absolute good job because he's such a boss at everything. Mm. Uh, I was actually thinking, cause we, we were having a little conversation about potentially uh, gender-reversing some of these roles because there's mm. not the best gender representation in Lord of the Rings. Um, yeah. I was actually thinking, like, Letitia Wright 
as uh, Samwise Ganji would be pretty awesome. Ah, oh, that would be uh, amazing. She's got that kind of real, uh, you know, in Black Panther, she's the, uh, for uh, if you don't know her, she's the... Shuri. She's, not uh, she's Shuri, yeah. that's it. She's the um, sister. The sister in Black yeah. Panther. I just feel like she's got that really kind of friendly, you know, uh, wears a heart on her sleeve type feel that Samwise yeah. should have. Um, yeah. She'd absolutely nail it. She would. She would definitely nail that. Yeah, she would tear that up. Um, that would be great. I also, this is a big one for me. Uh, I had Cynthia Evo for Galadriel. I just thought she's just got that power. She's got that musicality about her. I just, oh, that like it would just give me some feels. That would be really good. Uh, but I had, what about I had Angela Carrie? Bassett? I was thinking Angela Bassett, but what about Kerry Washington? Ooh, Ooh there's some strong black she's women. Awesome. There's some strong black women. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. I also was gonna. I was thinking, Kate uh, um, uh, Blanchett wasn't that old when they shot the movies, no. so I was thinking you could probably go Lupita Nyong'o if you wanted to. Yeah, Hells, I think yeah. she would do a really good. Hells, yeah. Uh, yeah. Rendition. Or, of that. or even yeah. as uh, as Eowyn, uh, I feel like Lupita Nyong'o could fit quite yeah. well into, oh, yeah. the, into that yeah, role. Yeah, for sure. I would mm. love to see Lupita Nyong'o do the classic. Uh, no man can kill me. I am no man. <laughs> yeah, I think that would be. Uh, <laughs> That'd be great. That would be incredible be to awesome. see her do that. Um, what about our what about our fellowship, our Aragorn's Legolas's? Um, I think thoughts? I think uh, for Legolas, I've got um, Daniel Kaluuya. Oh yeah, Ooh. my boy, nice. Or or Denai Gurira if we're gender. Oh, of course, of course, yeah. and she yeah. is. She would be a really good. so badass really as well. Yeah, I mean, like, like that, all of that Mishan energy. Yeah. You know, and dare I say, <laughs> dare I say, I'm gonna say this quietly into the mic, but maybe the acting would be a little bit, uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Shots hey, fired. Hey, look, come Shots on, fired. Orlando was, is. I mean, really, I don't. He's a nice was that guy, a sh- but yeah. come on. Was that a shade throw? Though? That was that a bit was of a shade. Throw. That was some shade for sure. We we have shade in Africa. That's how. <laughs> we do. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, no, but you're not wrong though. Um, I, I stand behind you. <laughs> I had I, I had Nathan Stewart okay. Jarrett. Uh, he's from Misfits. Uh, I don't know if you guys <gasps> oh, uh, yes. know him, but he's got his, he's a very lean, very athletic-looking guy. Ooh. I feel like he'd he's very got some striking that, face. Yeah, really striking. I feel Strong. like he's so born to play an elf. Uh, yeah, like those like sharp features, cheekbones, sharp, 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 like, sharp, yeah. sharp yeah. jawbones. I I had uh, Michael B. Jordan. Ooh. Ooh. Ooh, not bad. That's yeah. not bad either. Yeah, I quite like that. Um, I do quite like. I that. What like you guys that. have for Aragorn? Uh, I um I had Anthony Mackie. Uh, okay. I thought he could do a pretty strong strong job of that. But mm. my dream casting of that would be '90s Denzel. Ooh, yes. Could you even imagine? Yes. Could you even '90s imagine? Denzel is the one. Mm. Yeah. Um, that's pretty pretty amazing i also considered Corey hawkins though um the actor who played uh i mostly remember him from black Klansman, where he played uh kwame Ture mm-hmm. or kwame Ture. but he i also uh he played um dr dre i believe in uh, uh straight out of compton i mm. uh, yeah i know who you mean i definitely know who you mean i i do have someone in mind that i know i'm gonna mispronounce uh his name which is uh which is a crime um but i'm trying to think what he has been in um, he was in Gladiator. Um, oh, I'm trying to remember. 
Oh, uh, oh I, mean, I know who you're talking about. He was in the Tempest as well, wasn't he's he? Also yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Caliban. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, What's his uh, name? Jimon Honsu. Yes, he was married Jimon. to that yeah. model. Yes, Jimon yeah. Honsu. He is just like I just look at him and I just think he is a that is a king right there. Yeah. You know, like yeah. he yeah. I, he would slay like a hundred percent believe uh, believe that. So yeah, Jimon Honsu was who Absolutely. I was thinking of. Uh, for, yeah, he's really good uh, for Aragorn. Uh, or, I mean, you know, Idris could do it, but maybe, ma Idris, but I, maybe yeah. Idris does everything. So maybe we should pick someone else. <laughs> yeah, Idris does everything. Though, but I mean, he everything. could do it. You know what? He could do it. Put put Idris as Aomer. Yeah. Okay. That would yeah. be pretty good. That would be pretty yeah. Good. Leader of the Rohirrim. Yeah. 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 That would be. Yeah. That would be very good. What about uh, what about Bordemir? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna, I'm I'm gonna let you two hash I, this I, out. Yeah, yeah, we there's some there's some beef here because Boromir is the most boring character, and uh, Jeremy, uh, Jeremy, what's I the... think Boromir, I think Boromir has the best arc of any of the Fellowship <laughs> in the movie Fellowship of the Ring. Um, off the top of my head, yeah, not not over arc of the series, but in that in that single movie, his arc is better than any of theirs, and I think that I think Sean Bean wrecks that death scene i think that is an iconic scene great piece of writing great piece of acting uh and a really i think just yeah brings a lot of depth to what could have been a boring <laughs> I, I, I only, <laughs> only joke of course i literally said that because i knew that we'd get an impassioned speech out of jeremy um, however i would change sean bean for chuatel ejiofor because i think mm. he would be he would bring Ooh, some yeah. weight and some gravitas right. to that role uh, which I think would be yeah, that's good. pretty, pretty excellent. Mm. Um, oh, actually, this reminds me. I did actually also have um, a Tandy Newton for Galadriel as well. She's got some yeah, stillness great. Great and there. some fierceness in there, which I just think would be yeah. amazing. Um, unless we have any more I throughout. Have... It's just Gimli. Oh, Gimli, of and course. I, um, uh, for me, I have Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> Could you imagine? That's imagine good. Imagine a short Samuel Jackson just properly angry I, all the time. I think that would hit all of the notes that you mm -hmm. want and, and give a whole different personality, but still just as effective as, as what yeah. um, what John Reese davies did in the original. Trilogy. Yeah, absolutely. Who was the guy who played um, airport control, um, uh, airport traffic control in Get Out? Oh, oh yeah! I don't know that actor's yes. name. I'm gonna look yeah, it up right yeah, now. I don't know his name, oh, a, but I think he'd be great, shout. Gimli. Yeah, is an absolute shout. Yeah, he would be a really, especially if he wanted to emphasize like the the uh, Lil Ray Howery or Lil Rel Howery. Great, great, great. Is his name? Oh, excuse me, no. Uh, yeah, that's his name, Lil Rel Howery. Amazing. Um, yeah, I think, I think great. I think he would be uh, be very very good. Uh, I like that. That's a great shout. Um, well, unless we've got any more to throw out, I think we're gonna probably wind up uh, what uh, this this episode, this third episode of uh, Three Black Halflings. Uh, I think it's kind of crazy. We're we're here already, um, but this is great fun. I'm having a great time. I hope you guys are too. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, and yeah, just if you uh, if you have the time and you've enjoyed this episode, then please please set, uh, drop a review. Uh, if you're listening to this on uh, Stitcher or uh, iTunes um, or Apple Apple Podcasts mm. even, because um, it would really really help us out and find uh, other people to join our lovely 
growing community, which I hope I can say at this point. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if it, at this point, literally one person listening to it's it is growth, growth. exactly. Yeah, it's growth. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah. no, this has been great fun. And if uh, you have some thoughts uh, for who you think we should cast in Wiz of the Rings, then please tell us. Get in touch. Uh, send us your casting ideas, because I'm sure... There'll be some, there's so many amazing ones that we've missed out on. Um, So, and also if you have other submissions for Wizard of the Rings, we want to cover a load of different films. Uh, What films would you like us to recast? Uh, We could do sci-fi as well. We could do all kinds of pop culture. It doesn't have to be necessarily just fantasy. Um, But yeah, this has been a lot of fun, uh, guys. So uh, tune in. We will be dropping another episode uh, next week. Uh, So tune in for that. Uh, And uh, yeah, we'll we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. See you later. That was fun. That episode, that episode was lighter in tone, but not in skating tone. I'm back. Ding, ding.